0: Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Motorsport This Week. I'm your host, Jez, and I'm here again with Alex and Lewis. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, not too
1: bad, bad. not too bad.
0: That's good to hear. Um, Yeah, I mean, let's just dive straight into it. F1 is back again. Uh, We had a little bit of a break uh, last week. We didn't have any F1 racing, but we're back in Australia. Uh, Just a reminder, Alex, Australia is this weekend... The practice session start tomorrow morning. (laughs) So so we're not going to have another issue like Saudi where you're like, oh, the race is next weekend.
2: (laughs) No, no mistakes this weekend. I'm all prepared for Australia this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is an official reminder that the race is this weekend. But yeah, uh, one thing that I need to get off the bat straight away. uh, The time zones, not particularly ideal for all of us living in the UK. Uh, this is the first of three races, I believe, this year where we've got a 6am race start. Uh, have you boys decided what we're gonna, what you're going to do for this? Are you going to stay up for it or are you going to trust yourself to wake up?
1: I'll be up for I'll it. I'll be up. I'll Just try stay
2: to up, up the up. night.
0: <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm
2: going to be doing. I think I'm going to stay up and then hopefully try and stay awake during the race. It's what I've done down the years. I think last year is the first time I decided not to stay up for it. <laughs>
0: oh. I mean, that was, that was a pretty good race.
1: Now that we're all old enough, you know, we have, uh, we can go out on a night out and then just come back to that as our afters. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> I've got Rex. I'm in the afternoon, then come back, <laughs> go straight out, then come back in for the uh, Australian Grand Prix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the, the Australian Grand Prix in the morning, and then can't go down to Wembley later. It's <laughs> gonna be a fun day. <laughs>
2: So, what are you doing, Jesse? You decided in terms of staying up, or you're going to go to
0: sleep? I honestly still have no idea because I'm going to be I'm going to be watching at a mate's house, or I will be at a mate's house like over Saturday night into Sunday morning. So, I don't know if I should wake up at his house with all my alarms on to then watch the race Mm -hmm. and then go down to Wembley with him. But we'll see, we'll see. Enough about us and our poor management of time. Uh, Let's talk about someone who knows what it's like to live in Australia. Oscar Piastri, he is going to be the the hometown hero, born and raised in Melbourne before heading off to Europe for his uh, to pursue his racing dream at the age of fifteen. Uh, obviously, there's no Daniel Ricciardo on the grid anymore, so a new home hero for the Australian crowd. How do you think he's going to perform? Do you reckon he's going to like perform to expectation, like the the Aussie fans want him to be, or is he going to struggle?
2: I mean, I can see him doing. Quite well. The, the Australians are going to give him a good backing, aren't they? As they always do with the Australian drivers. And I've let him at Saudi getting a Q three, getting his car into P- Q three. And McLaren had a good result to Australia last year. Then they was at P five and P six with Lando and uh, Daniel Ricciardo. So ho- I know McLaren haven't had the best start to the season, but hopefully this week they can build on what they had last year and maybe a bit more positivity around McLaren because I think it is very much needed at the minute.
1: Lewis, um, I think that Oscar Piastri is, you know, one of the biggest talents to co- to come out of Australia, and you know, to be one of the twenty F one drivers in the world that actually get to, you know, race these cars week in week out. Obviously, he's going to be under a lot of pressure to perform, especially in front of a home crowd. So, it it'll be nice to see how he handles that pressure.
0: Yeah. I'm um, speaking of Daniel Ricardo, uh, Red Bull have done a PR yeah. bonanza really. <laughs> right, by saying that he's coming to Australia, coming back down under. Uh, I was watching a I was watching a, a clip from um, the Pit Stop Boys there from their podcast with Will Buxton and they were a little they were all very confused with the Ricardo to Red Bull signing and whether it was just more of a PR move rather than Ricardo actually like trying to get back into that Red Bull seat. Do you agree with them? Like, is it more of just no. a Red Bull expanding their brand? No,
1: no, no, definitely not. Because you know Daniel Ricciardo is, you know, a multiple race winner. He's proved himself that given them a, given the correct machinery to fit his driving style, he can perform. And you know, I'm saying Hot Take of the year. I'm saying they like, get rid of Sergio Perez and put Red and put Daniel Ricciardo in that seat at the end of this year or. You know the end of next year when Perez's contract runs out.
2: I agree with you, Lewis. I think I said at the start of the season, I think Daniel Ricciardo's getting to that Red Bull. I mean I don't think it's a PR stunt because like you said, he is a multiple race winner. But I don't know if you guys saw the other day they were <clears throat> they started with Daniel Ricardo in like a promo video for go down to Australia. Yeah. And then they had the Red Bull going through like a farm sort of area. But then Fans uh, like pointed out that it lo- it was nowhere near the same height as what Daniel Ricciardo is. And they reckon that there was Liam Lawson instead of <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo in the Red Bulls going around that. So, obviously, people are jumping on that saying about how you know they just used Daniel Ricciardo for the views and he's not actually doing anything for Red Bull. Yeah, I mean,
0: cause he's, he's, his role is being a reserve driver, right? I mean... He he's turned he's turned down roles to be in a as a, a driver of Williams, a driver at Haas, to come to Red Bull to be a, a third choice driver. May I don't know if, I don't know if it's just me, but is this him thinking long term that his future is starting to move away from F one? Maybe he's going to gravitate towards uh, the states, as we know, he's big fan of the of a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Obviously, driver the number three. Do you think that him taking this step back from from F1 to be or from a racing seat to be a reserve driver? Is that him more moving towards his commercial side, maybe expanding his brand and then maybe going out to the US perhaps to do some racing over there? Think
1: about it. I know he turned down contracts from Williams and Haas, but he was already getting ripped apart by the media for his performance in that McLaren, why would he, you know, take a step back, especially to a team like Haas and Williams, to, you know, get more ripped apart by the media, that's just going to bring his confidence down and down and down. And I think, I think it's a smart decision, just taking a step back uh, into a reserve driver role, because there's always, there's always a chance that, you know, Max Verstappen or Sergio Perez could get sick and miss a weekend. So, you know, he could he, he could get the opportunity to, you know, prove himself once again.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Lewis. I think in terms of his stock, it was probably at his lowest it's ever been throughout his Formula 1 career. In terms of like the last two years, I think his confidence was probably at a rock bottom as well. So I think he maybe just needed to take a step back and then, like you said, if Verstappen or Perez do on um, missing one weekend, if he goes into that Red Bull, puts in a good performance and obviously there's the interest around Ricardo will be up and hopefully he could get a better offer from that or replace Sergio Perez going into 2024 <laughs> which at the minute I'm, I I know I said it early on in the season I was not really back at Perez going into the season but that Red Bull's just too quick to the fact to the point where if he doesn't finish second or first every weekend if there's not obviously not a blunder from Red Bull then it, he's going to be underperforming but I'd imagine he'll be quite comfortably second or first we never know
0: hopefully he can take the fight to uh, Max Verstappen I'm sure as, as, as you, the neutrals among you, you'd like it. You'd like a title fighter. I, I I don't really matter. I don't really mind whoever wins it, as long as there's a Red Bull driver. Yes. All right, let's move on then to uh, another series taking place uh, in Australia. The very first time, Formula 2 and Formula 3 are going down under. And uh, in F2, more specifically, I don't know if uh, either of you watched F2 in Saudi Arabia uh, last time out, but we saw Frederick Vesti win the feature race after both Oli Behrman and Victor Martin spun out of the lead. Then we saw... i got to give a little shout-out to my man Jayan Daruvala repping, <laughs> repping the India flag on the podium twice in Saudi Arabia in both the feature and the sprint race. But in both races, in the sprint race, first of all, we saw Teo Pochett take out Oli Behrman with a very, very uh, late move into Turn 1. Just far too far too late on the race and just rushes into the side of ollie Behrman. and then he had a bit of a, a for lack of a better word a bit of a stinker really in the in the feature race uh are we expecting some similar struggles from our i think we i think it's safe to say our unanimous title favorite title board chair. do you think we're gonna see some sort of similar struggle from that weekend
2: I mean, I'd, I'd imagine not. I think it was just maybe he was just having a bad weekend. It was a poor mistake. Was it in the fe- feature race? Because I only watched the highlights of it. It was in the feature race where he dived down the inside and just made an absolute mess of it going into Turn 1.
0: That was a sprint race, the sprint race. I was, yeah. uh, was it
2: was in the sprint race, was it? Yeah. So obviously, and then he was uh, had a great weekend in Bahrain. So we'd have, I'd like to hope uh, he comes back a little bit stronger in Australia because I'm pretty sure he, he's probably the out of all, like you said, he's the favourite for the title, so I'd imagine he's probably one of the favourites to uh, get a seat in Formula 1. Obviously, we have discussed in the last few weeks about him getting that Alfa Romeo seat, which, I, I mean, I'd like to see him. I, I, when I went to uh, Spain last year, he was one of the few drivers I was looking out for. He was very, very strong that weekend as well.
1: Definitely. And, you know, with that's a that's a difficulty with F2. If you have a bad weekend in Formula 1 for example, if you're in a top team like Ferrari, if you put in a stinker of a lap, you're going to end up, you know, fourth, fifth, down the grid but, you know, going back to F2 if you put in a stinker of the lap, a lap stinker of a lap you're going to end up at the back of the grid you know, having to having to fight for them positions and, you know, that's what I really like about F2 it's more, it's not, it's not who has the most money it's, well it is but <laughs> <laughs> to get into F2, but um, it's you know, it's about who's a better driver, and I really like that about F2 and F3, the feeder series. But you know, hopefully, hopefully, tail, poor chair, tax pole poll again.
0: That's is that, your, is that your big prediction for yeah, Australia? Poll pole by second and a half, <laughs> second and a half. <laughs> just just raving about how close it is in F2, and you just said Tayo is gonna stick it off pole by a second and a half.
1: <laughs> double, double from last time, double from last time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um we've got another home hero in in F2, Jack Dewan. He uh, he got a podium in the feature race uh, in Saudi Arabia, he finished second behind Frederick Vesti. Do we think he could he could deliver a, a home podium? He's probably the best chance at an Australian on the podium. Uh, across the entire weekend because I don't I don't really see Oscar Piastri uh, putting the McLaren on the podium anytime soon do you think Jack Doing could could maybe do it I don't know if you guys know much about Jack Doing, but Alpine Academy driver he was uh, runner up in F3 a couple seasons ago to oh who was it the 2021 world champion I forgot his, uh, his name escaped me Dennis Hauger that was it he was runner up to Dennis Halger. that's who it was do you think he's gonna put on a show for his home crowd
1: I mean, hopefully, fairy. T- and we all like a fairy tale story, you know. Absence makes our heart grow thunder. Chatting about going to chat about F one, you know, all this Red Bull domination, all these, all this Mercedes domination. You know, it makes oh, little moment. It makes little moments like that, like you know, the Haas poles, like the last lap of Abu Dhabi. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that in <laughs> every week. <laughs> but it might. It makes moments right that special and you know odd it's fairy tale story if jack dooren gets on the podium
2: i'm sure all the australians that are going to be at the track on sunday and saturday saturday and sunday are going to they'll be cheering him on when they every single lap as they do every year and i'm like like you said about the domination in um Formula One. It's just nice. When the thing about Formula Two is like you've said, it's so much closer. And that's one thing I noticed when I went to Catalonia last year is every lap, they're only like within like half a tenth of each other, and there's constantly every single lap. It's a, I mean, hopefully he gets onto the podium this weekend for the Australians that are going to the track.
0: It would be, it would be very cool. Now, this is a this is gonna be a very nice segue here because Jack Dewan's dad is Mick Dewan, who is a Moto GP legend. Which allows me to segue right into the season opener of MotoGP. Now, Lewis, I know you're a big advocate of <laughs> MotoGP and uh, a big fan of the Portimao circuit in Portugal. Uh, first of all, thoughts on the opening race of the season in MotoGP? Pecco Bagnaia won the sprint, <laughs> won the yeah. won the feature, well, not really the feature, but uh, the main Grand Prix. Uh, pretty dominant drive from him to to start the season.
1: I think I think that was a pretty dominant drive and you know, setting his place as you know the future MotoGP legend might be overtaking Valentino Rossi, obviously, he's an Italian driver, but I'm going to talk about that a bit later. But uh, first, I want to talk about Mark Marquez. You oh, know, yeah, putting it on pole after coming back from coming back from a shoulder injury, shoulder injury, I believe. Uh, you know, Viking comeback, but. He's obviously a bit been a bit stupid in the race. That move on Miguel Oliveira. i yeah. mate. Mate, I don't know what he was thinking, but you know, fair play to him. If you see a gap, go for it. But there was obviously you no know, no gap. There. gap. Yeah, <laughs> <absolutely> no gap. <laughs> there
0: was much of a gap there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was gonna be my that was gonna be my next talking point. Obviously, that's the big moment of the, the whole weekend almost. I mean Obviously, you said Mark Marquez putting it on pole for the for the sprint race. That was a monumental moment for him, and then he turned that moment into making the weekend about himself with that really late move where he clipped. Uh, oh, what was it? I forgot his name already. Is it Joanne Near was it? He clipped, it, clipped his, uh, clipped his wheel, and then went into the side of Miguel Oliveira. Home hero, Miguel Oliveira. Could have been on for a win, maybe. Maybe he could have taken into Peko. but uh, yeah, uh, he got given a double long lap penalty. Uh, yeah, I'm not completely sure uh, on what that means. Lewis maybe can correct me if I'm wrong. Is that where he goes off? A, there's like a part of the track where he has to yeah, go, yeah. and everyone else takes the normal racing line.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's quite an interesting
0: concept, and you know maybe they should introduce that in F1. That, that would be interesting like how how would they put that in F1 like everyone takes it, everyone cuts a chicane while the while the other driver has to go like on the actual track maybe I don't know yeah who knows but
1: that's a that's that's really they, they all have to do the
0: chicane and then
2: everyone yeah. else has to go around do, all, do, do the layout from last
0: year yeah that, that would be a cool long lap penalty to be fair but uh yeah uh he would have had to serve that uh, double long lap at uh, the the next Grand Prix, which is in Argentina, which is also this weekend, uh, if you didn't know. But it was announced that he would be missing that uh, Grand Prix, the six-time champ, because uh, in that crash, he suffered a broken wrist, had to go back to Barcelona to have some surgery on it, and uh, he won't be back in time. Neither will Miguel Oliveira, as you can probably understand, because that was a pretty brutal uh, hit that he took. Um, obviously, speedy recovery to both Miguel and Mark. Do we think the penalty was justified?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> simple, just simple, long lap, simple double long lap was is enough.
1: I, th- I, I mean, think, I think, go on, go
0: on, Alex. I mean, I, I'm obviously, i am not really
2: never really watched GP, but it was the first time that I've I have watched a race live, and I must say it was a Pretty obvious penalty. He completely misjudged it going into the third, three or four, and he it, it just, like you said, he just cleaned Miguel Oliveira straight out. So I think, I mean, I don't know how how harsh is like a was it long lap penalty, Lewis?
1: It'll it'll just put him to the back of the grid, and yes, you know,
2: yeah.
1: as he's got to serve, as he's got to serve two of them, it it'll just it'll just, you know, P ten, P ten at best for the next race. That's I mean, going continue- to be.
2: And soon he's ruined another driver's race. Who was probably yeah. going for a race weeks Because it was very close at that point, at the front. Definitely.
1: But I see, I see why well he's done it because that that bike that Mark Marquez rides is a bit, a bit crap. But um, you know, it it was just it was just too much of an optimistic move. And you know, coming back coming back from an injury injury already, I think Mark Marquez would have the intelligence to, you know, maybe not maybe not try and make that move. Well. You know he's already he's already at risk. He's had he's had surgery on that, you know, three or four times, I believe, and it it's just I, I just think it's stupid. I don't know what he was doing there.
0: No, I'm not I'm not really like completely sure on the the rules uh, when it comes to serving penalties at the next race, but obviously because Marquez won't participate at the the next Grand Prix, uh, I don't know if you know this, Lewis or. Or not? Do you, does the does the penalty? Yeah, have to he's, carry got, over he's to... got to serve
1: it at the race after.
0: Oh, he's, oh, he has to serve it at the next race, like the next so race he participates in.
1: That'll be two races where he's not scored points, and it's going to be very unlikely because he's going to be at the back of the grid that will score points in the third round, I
0: believe. That's that's yeah. a, that's a very interesting wrinkle. I didn't didn't know that. Maybe because I've, I've seen I've seen on TikTok like, it's so. Some people saying that him missing the Grand Prix altogether is is a punishment enough, but I mean, if it's gonna if it's gonna be the next race that he participates in, then it's just a double whammy for the six time champ. But <laughs> it, it was justified. It was justified. All right, let's let's take this over to the American side of things now. Uh, I didn't watch that, the NASCAR because didn't have much time to do so. But I hear, I hear, Alex. Uh, you watched, uh, you watched NASCAR. How was it?
2: Um, I mean, I, I'm not. I wasn't the most entertaining. I'm not gonna sit here and say I enjoyed it. I, I was, I wasn't watching it, but I was watching it sort of thing. I kept looking over at it. But uh, Tyler Reddick, I think, took his first uh, win in the season. Um, coming, to, I mean, I, think, I don't know if you guys know this, so I think in the last five or ten laps, if there's a caution, they hold the race, so it goes into like overtime. Obviously, very American. Uh, sort of thing that they do and they, literally they were on lap two for about half an hour, it was ridiculous <laughs> like they just couldn't get <laughs> off it because obviously on the last two laps everyone's just trying to push to the front so everyone was re- super aggressive going into that turn one and you know what the first uh, turn of, uh, uh, what was it, Austin is is very narrow and obviously I, what I didn't know as well is there's no track limits, <laughs> I was so confused on like the first few laps until they said that they were just running right uh, running wide I was. I mean, I think I said in the chat as well. It was the most American thing I think I've ever watched. <laughs> With the uh, obviously, I, I know they're going to play the national anthem because they do before every big event in America. But then the prayer before, and obviously you got the celebrity screaming down the mic. he was Coach Beard this weekend. You know, start your engines, and then obviously, and then they got going. Kimmy, um, this week he had a. He was up into P four at one point, but I think that was down to strategy. I think. He wasn't going to win the race. He was on old tires, and then uh, Button. I think he slowly moved up through the field. I'm not. I think he was in top twenty at one point, but I'm not sure if he finished there. But I don't know if you guys saw after the race. He said that the heat exhaustion that he experienced was nothing that he's ever felt before.
1: I, know, th- was- I saw that, but um, I don't. I don't understand why. Well, because I think I, I personally think that F1 is a lot harder. But I don't. I don't know. There's probably some. You know, scientists that can explain it to me.
2: I think the probably reason he's in like a little box car. And I think I yeah. can't. I'm not sure, exactly sure on the race time, but I'm pretty sure it's for about three hours. Like because obviously yeah. the, the cautions last a very long time. So the amount of times I watched the Geico advertisement this weekend in America, <laughs> every little break, like oh, it was, there was so many, and they had uh, Gunter Steiner on the presenting team for Fox Sports this weekend, and. Um, I don't know if I, this is right in saying, but it did feel like they were trying to like play down like F1. like It's not as good as NASCAR, like NASCAR is the best. That's what it almost felt like with what they were saying. and Because they were going on about the strategy and how the t- teams have to manage the fuel and manage the tyres. And then they were saying, oh, what do you have to do in F1? And obviously Gunter-Stein was saying, we just have to make sure the tyres are all right as the race goes on. So I think that's just Americans... You know, saying everything's the best as you know they do, but I mean, it, I, I'll watch it again. Um, uh, there's a race this week, and am I right? I'm not too sure where it is, but if I've got some spare time, I'll definitely give another go. <laughs> oh,
0: our resident, our resident NASCAR expert, Alex Bev over there. Can't, can't wait for your, can't wait for your segment segment next week. Uh, the last, the last uh, motor racing sport that we that we had over the last weekend. Formula E. Now, I don't know if either of you two watched the Formula E race in Sao Paulo. Very first time they went down to Brazil. But, it was a very exciting end to the race. Uh, Mitch Evans, the New Zealand driver, took the, the race victory after Stoffel Van Dorn put it on pole. He ended up finishing, I think, P6 in the end. But, it was a Jaguar powertrain one two three. As 3 uh, Mitch Evans' teammate Sam Bird came up in third place with the for the Jaguar racing team, but then Nick Cassidy, another Kiwi driver, driving for the Envision racing team, he came up to finish in second place. Uh, I don't know if either of you watched the race. Did, did you watch the race? No. <laughs> no.
1: Anything <laughs> I know about Formula E is, does uh, Dan TikTok still race in Formula E? He does Dan, still race you... in Formula E. Dan, if you're watching this, please come on the pod. I, I I love you as a driver. Yeah,
0: we'll have to bleed that out of the podcast, of course. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely send this off to Dan. Um, it was a good last lap, the very last lap, because in Formula E, it's all about uh, managing the battery. Because once once it hits zero, the cars just stop there and there. And going into the final lap, Evans was down to his final one percent of battery. Cassidy had a little bit more battery, like trying to push him to get to the. Get to the line, and it came out of the final corner. Evans Evans won it while having 0.1 percent battery left, and it was like I say, like this this was the finishing order. It was that much was between them. It was that close. It was a very good end to the race. And Sam was just just there behind them watching. It was a very good end to the race. You should definitely give it a watch, even though it's another 22 days until the next race in Berlin. So they they're on their season break, I guess.
1: We, we should we should sort something where we go down to London.
0: Oh yeah, the London E Yeah, we could maybe do that. I don't know when yeah, it is, yeah. but if if time allows, maybe we could do that.
2: I us <laughs> like oh, cool. clips from Formula E. It's always dead. It always seems dead exciting, but I don't know whether That's because that's what they're trying to push—the exciting parts that happen in the race. But like Jez said, if you said it was
0: close, then maybe it could be another motorsport for me to give a go. Yeah, I mean. What if you if you don't give it a watch, you you'll never know. It could it could be something that we we all could have a common interest in. But I mean, we can we can talk about that another time, right? Let's do let's do a bit of a couple of previews then, shall we? Aussie Grand Prix. Our very quickly off the bat, top three quali, top three in the race.
1: Max, Checo, Alonso. <laughs> for for both quali and the race,
0: <laughs> Alex.
2: <clears throat> well, I'm going to go Max P1, Checo P2. I'm actually going to go Charles Leclerc P3.
0: Mm, I think uh, it, Ferrari going to start their comeback this weekend. Is that the is that the uh, Ferrari fanboy in you coming out?
2: Um, a little bit, yeah. But also, <laughs> I mean, I, I do think there is pace in that Ferrari car. They did have a bit of it in uh, Bahrain, and obviously not as much in uh, Saudi Arabia. But hopefully, they can turn things around slightly this weekend. Well, I'm hoping anyway.
0: Do we think uh, Australian heat might have uh, anything to say about that? Because obviously, in Bahrain, we saw the the engine bar for Leclerc. Uh, maybe maybe he gets another engine engine blowout in Australia because we've seen we saw last year how the Ferrari engines really struggled in the heat. Think Baku in in twenty twenty two where maybe they could have been on for a, a race win, but then Leclerc's engine decided to erupt down the main straight. Uh, could that maybe play a part this week?
2: It could do, yeah. I mean,
0: I hope not. Like, <laughs> there's obviously so much Charles Claire
2: to finish P three, but uh, like I said, the heat they're struggling in the heat, and but I mean, you don't like to think that they've sorted that out this year. But it's Ferrari at the end of the day. You yeah, know, Ferrari. I don't, I think...
1: will, Ferrari will remember their Ferrari and start blowing up their engines left, right, and center.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a Ferrari thing to do. All right, uh, uh, MotoGP in Argentina. Uh, I mean. I don't, me and Alex aren't too glued up on MotoGP, so Lewis, do you want to, as our resident MotoGP expert, <laughs> do you want to give us, do you want to give us a, a top three?
1: Don't put don't put that much pressure on me. All I know is Bagnaia is going to win again.
0: <laughs> I mean, probably the probably the best guess. He's got the number one on the on the front of his bike. He's probably a probably a pretty heavy favourite to to win. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's not much else to add on <laughs> that. Uh, Something this is this is more my corner. IndyCar returns this weekend. Uh because the first race of the season was way back in way back at the beginning of March with um, the the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, uh Marcus Ericsson won that race. Uh this weekend they're back to the Texas Motor Speedway. New sponsor for it, it's the PPG 375, 375 miles of racing, which is a lot of laps. Around the oval of Texas Motor Speedway, but it provides some good racing because last year Joseph Newgarden, my my favorite driver in IndyCar, won it out of the last corner, slipped streaming his teammate all the way right to the end. That he pipped him on the out of the last corner to win the race. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've put it I've put in the notes here. Just leave it to me because neither of you two are quite too clued off on IndyCar as I am. I mean, unless unless I've got this completely wrong. Are, are either of you clued up on IndyCar?
1: No, all I know is uh Roman Groisha Rice is in IndyCar
0: now. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all you need to know, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh it's gonna be it's the first over race of the season, could be a banger. If we if we're going off last year, New Garden on the last lap could be a banger. I mean, he, he is the, the driver for the PPG Chevy car, so maybe there's a little bit more impetus on him as the as the lead driver for the sponsor. And then uh NASCAR is also back this weekend. Uh I forgot where it is. Oh no. I remember Richmond Raceway in Virginia. That's where it is. I know absolutely nothing about it, but maybe as our resident <laughs> NASCAR expert Alex over here, maybe he could provide some insight for us. You you put me on a
2: spot here, Jazz. Um, I mean, <laughs> not going to sit it. I know all the grid, so I'm just going to go for Tyler Reddick to win two weekends in a row, just because <laughs> I know that he won. So, but if it's the fir- uh, obviously the fir- if I do decide to watch it, it'll be the first non uh, like actual race circuit that I that I would have watched NASCAR in. So maybe I, I might go watch it just to see what you know, the different experiences are of that. Yeah, there's a
0: there's a, there's a little like there's it does feel weird watching oval racing compared to road course racing because obviously they're just going round and round and round it's a turning left simulator but they still have to do everything 8th gear like the engines that they have it's ridiculous to be consistently going top speed
1: I think that, but I think well, if the commentary was a bit more exulting then it'd be it'd be you know a blast to watch but you know I don't know if any of you have watched NASCAR but it's a like, lot. Golf, you know, watching yeah. golf.
2: I did think that last weekend, like, like they, like I said, there were so many cautions, and as they're going round, two laps to go, obviously the whole field's packed together. You think they'd add a little bit of excitement, and they're just like, oh. Tyler Reddick's uh, retained the lead. He's kept the lead. And it was just like the most boring commentary ever. Like, obviously with Crofty, if you if you had a safety car come in two laps to go, he'd be screaming down the mic, you know, through goes Hamilton <laughs> and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, with with IndyCar, if you do if, if you do have the chance to watch it this weekend, the commentators in IndyCar are brilliant. They are really really good. They really give off a a very exciting vibe, which IndyCar is. IndyCar's exciting, but uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode of Motorsport. This week, plenty of motorsports to get into for this weekend. Uh, after this weekend, we're we're almost a month without racing in F1. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a struggle for all three of us, but there's obviously plenty of motorsports to get your teeth stuck into. So that'll do it from from me, Jez, from Lewis, and Alex, and all of us here at Mowsport this week. Have a have a wonderful day and we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.